Purport. The great politician pundit named Chanakya said that even one moment of time cannot be returned even if one is prepared to pay millions of dollars. One cannot calculate the amount of loss there is in wasting valuable time. Either materially or spiritually, one should be very alert in utilizing the time which he has at his disposal. A conditioned soul lives in a particular body for a fixed measurement of time. And it is recommended in the scriptures that within that small measurement of time, one has to finish Krishna consciousness and thus gain release from the influence of the time factor. But unfortunately, those who are not in Krishna consciousness are carried away by the strong power of time without their knowledge as clouds are carried by the wind. I offer my respectful obeisances to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and to all of you, because you are Vaishnavas and therefore are the most worshipable in the three, worshipable in the three worlds. Hare Krishna. In the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said, Labham sudulabhamidam bahusam bhavante manusha martadamanityam apihadira turnam yate tanapatet anumritya vanishaya shaya vishaya kalasarvatasyat. This uh, very famous verse points out that it's very rare to get a human form. Out of 8,400,000 species of life, there are just uh, 400,000 human species. And the human life is awarded by material nature. It's not something that you can put in for and move to the head of the line. You get it when you get it. It's the rarest of rare opportunities. Labvam sudulabam idam bahu sambhavante means after many many births in various species of life one may come to the human form of life manusham manusham uh, means a human form manusham artadam artadam means it's full of value the human life anitya means it's temporary very temporary apihadira so one should be very sober to take advantage of this opportunity. Now, if someone's given some, something that is temporary and then is able to make something out of it, for instance, if an industrious person is given some flowers and they're going to dry up soon, but he immediately takes them in puts them on the market and makes something from them, makes a profit, then he or she is known to be intelligent. And the human life is extremely valuable what you can get in return for it. But it's very temporary. There's a short window of opportunity to take advantage of that and get the full value. Turnam means when you understand this, 
immediately, turnam yatetana pated, pated means before you, this body drops off. And it could drop off at any second. There's no guarantee when it will drop off. So there's a bit of a race against the unknown clock. We don't know when it's going to stop. It's like musical chairs when you're a kid. Stop the music and they're like, hey, you didn't get a seat, man. <laughs> you're out. Therefore, the Bhagavatam says, don't waste it in things that come automatically to the animals. Animals, like squirrels, who are my little gurus back in California, I consult with them quite frequently and observe them and how they live their lives in California with no rent, to be paid and no insurance to worry about. They don't tune into CNN and worry about politics, as far as I know. <laughs> and they get their food for free. They get persimmons in the winter and they get plums in the summer and they get nuts from the pito pitosporum all year long. They're f sitting there with their little bellies full. And in the winter, they get a free coat without. Macy's credit card. And he, the, the animals get all this sense gratification, plus they get the natural ability to defend themselves in various ways, like the skunk. There's a lot of skunks in California, and not a skunk, not a punk, but a monk. And they, and they have the most unique defense system one could imagine, is that the they stink up the place so bad and with, with such expertise that people just like, it's okay, it's a skunk, leave him alone. And every animal naturally has some defense system to which to defend itself. They don't have to invest and go to Raytheon to develop special munitions to defend themselves. This all comes naturally. So the Bhagavatam is saying, notice this and realize that you, you don't need to endeavor for eating, sleeping, mating, defending, using your senses for that. You can simply use it for getting the value out of the human form of life. So now Prabhupada points out that our most rare asset is time because you can't buy it back. Other things you may be able to get back, like you can improve your health if you go down. You can get money back if you lose it. People lose their fortune all the time and get it back again. But time, you just don't get any back. And Prabhupada mentions when he was in Allahabad, one of his associates there in business, who was a very wealthy man, got the notice that he had to leave his body. And Prabhupada heard him telling the doctor that I still have some plans. I need about four or five more years. And therefore, I'm willing to pay if you can extend my life. And Prabhupada said, this is rascaldom. When the time comes, then one is, by inextricable time, uh, inexorable time rather, one is carried away without yeah, time is so strict and cruel. In fact, it's mentioned in the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam, 
in the story of Judd Bharat. Judd Bharat's father was a dutiful father, and when Judd Bharat, the self-realized soul, was born into his family, he felt, did Judd Bharat's father, that he should train him as a Brahmin, as a Brahminical family. So he went about working very hard to train him, but Judd Bharat didn't want to be trained. He wanted to be known as Judda, dead to the world. Didn't want anything to do with his family, much like Shukadeva Goswami, who took off running right after he came out of the womb. And Vyasadeva said, hey, how about a sacred thread? And no thanks, I'm gone. <laughs> no high school, no thread, no bar mitzvah. And he took off. And now that this Jad Bharat's father tried in every way to train him, but then he suddenly died. And Shukadeva Goswami, describing this pastime, said that although he forgot about death, death did not forget about him. And therefore, Prabhupada said, one has to be dexterous in order to defeat death. You have to cheat death before death cheats you. Because death is the greatest of all cheaters. It will come and take away everything and it, it doesn't compromise. It just says, that's it, you're out. Finish, go. And no matter how much one pleads or tries to make some special strategy, it won't be successful. So this is an exciting challenge for those who have come to full consciousness. That is, how to cheat death before death cheats us. And therefore, those who are on the path of spiritual realization try to find out ways to utilize their time more and more efficiently. As Prabhupada mentions here, both in the spiritual and the material realm, people who are progressive, they try to use their time as efficiently as possible in order to take advantage of the opportunities that they have. So, one of the ways Prabhupada mentions that one should utilize one's time is by focusing the mind on a goal. In fact, he says in the Bhagavad Gita, in his purport, that the feeling that one gets of being morose here in the material world is due to lack of a, a worthy goal for the mind to be fixed upon. People who don't have a clear goal where they're going, feel uh, lost in life, and the lower modes of nature take over. However, if one decides that I have a clear goal, then it's easy to tolerate a lot of the austerities that it takes to get through life what to speak of, to make spiritual advancement. i just jumping in the shower this morning at around 345, and I was thinking, this is an austerity that many people don't perform here in Denver. Getting up early in the morning and then jumping in a cold shower. Uh, but that, because I was thinking, why am I doing this anyway? It's because I'll, I'll feel invigorated when I come out ready for Mongol Arctic. And then I was thinking, uh, Mangalartik is following in the footsteps of the previous Acharyas. Why does one come to Mangalartik in the first place? And I remembered a story that I heard recently about a young boy 
at the time of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who had heard the Guru Vashtakam. And in those eight prayers that we sing every morning, there's a ninth prayer. Srimad Gurur Ashtakami Taruchar Brahme Muhurte Patita Priyatna Yastena Vrindavananata Sakshat Sevai Vallabhya Janashonta Eva. That's the benediction prayer that comes at the end of the eight prayers we sing. And it says that anyone who loudly sings these prayers during the Brahma Muhurta hour gets the gift of going back home back to Godhead. So a young boy from a village happened to hear, hear some sadhus speaking about this. And he said, I have to find a Mangalartik. So he asked around and he found out that in the city there was a, a temple from the Gaudiamath. And there every morning they held Mangalartik and they sang that song. So he walked many, many miles, this young boy, and showed up at the Mangalartik. And all the sannyasis there, sannyasis of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta, noticed this kid in the Mangalartik and afterwards said, Son, where did you come from? He said, I came from such and such a village. They said, but it's so far away. He said, I walked here because I heard that if you come to the Mangalartik, then you'll go back home, back to Godhead. If you sing this song loudly during the, Bra Mangala, during the Brahma Muhurta. And so some of the senior devotees took this young boy to meet Srila Bhaktisiddhanta and told him the story. And he said, get him a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and that boy would come to the Mangalartik uh, every day because of that. So those who have the goal of going back to Godhead, Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param Sada Pashanti Suryaho Divva Chakshara Tatam Tapiprasa Vipanyalo Jagrupan Sahasimindate Vishnu Yat Paramam Param. They're looking at Paramam Param. The supreme goal is what they're looking at, so they don't so much notice the inconveniences of this world because their eyes are fixed above. They're thinking, I'm not meant for this world anyway. And you're going to get austerities one way or another. Austerities come, don't they? Even if you don't ask for them. If you don't sit down and pray fervently every morning on your knee, get on your knees and pray, my Lord, please bring me some special challenges today that will disturb my mind to no end. And once I was driving with Dravida Prabhu to a program and I, I noticed along the, the freeway there was a, a motel called the Comfort Inn. And I was thinking, it's curious they never call it the Discomfort Inn. <laughs> because everyone wants to advertise, yeah, comfort and <laughs> it'll be a happy place. That's what everybody wants, but you don't get it here in the material world. But you can transfer the inconveniences that you have for, and trade them in for a higher cause. Rather than just accepting them as an inconvenience to my so-called comfort in the material world, you can actually preemptively put yourself in a situation where you're performing austerity for the sake of pleasing the Supreme Personality of God and purifying one's own senses. Sarvapati vanir muktam nirmalam sevanam bhaktiruchate. If you use your senses for a higher purpose to serve Rishikesh, the master of the senses, then you'll purify them and attain the, the perfection of life. So, one of the ways in which a, a devotee can be more effective in his, in, in his or her 
practice of devotional service is to set goals. Prabhupada did this, in fact, you'll see on display in the little museum that's at Prabhupada's room in Vrindavan, there's a tiny notebook that looks almost exactly like this one here. I always have one of these in my pocket and, and a pen. And I've noticed that uh, when I write things down, I've noticed this for years, that when I write things down, I tend to get them done. And then I heard from Tejas Prabhu, who had a lot of personal training from Prabhupada, that he said, remembering things means writing them down. And then I was just with a, um, a devotee who was assisting me in Govardhan during that month-long yagya that we performed. And I noticed that he wrote everything down. He had a pad in his pocket and he had a pen always with him. And anytime something came up, he would write it down. Anything I asked for, he'd write it down. And it always got done because he was careful about writing it down. And therefore, one of the ways to fix the human mind in a progressive path is to write things down. It's, it's very helpful in the age of Kali. If I hear something and then I think I'll get to it later, generally you'll think of it again while you're in the shower and you don't have the opportunity to take care of it. And it'll be flying around in your mind like a bat and just disturbing you every time that I should have done that. But there's something so satisfying to actually write it down. This is uh, one of the um, most prominent pieces of advice given by uh, David Allen, who wrote the book called Getting Things Done, which is a runaway bestseller for a good reason. It's a commonsensical process that he's developed over many years for actually getting things done. And the first point is, he said, have a method to capture any kinds of ideas that you have or any things that you need to get done. You have to be able to catch it in a reliable place so you can get back to it and process it later. And if you're not writing things down, you're missing opportunities. And what to speak of writing goals down. So now we're human beings, we're full of potential. And you can see it in the countenance of Ananda Murari Prabhu. If you just have a look at him for a second, he's right back there. If you have a look at him and see, you're seeing there the, the image, very image of potential in life. And so let's just say that we all have some potential like that because we're human beings and we already discussed this and that we're brimming with good ideas. And we'd like to get certain things done. Right, Ananda, you have ideas, you have ambitions, things that you like to accomplish in your life. Is that correct? It's apparent. So now, the sage advice is, decide what you want and write it down and make it clear. And I mentioned Prabhupada's notebook. I saw it in Vrindavan and I heard the advice that he gave to Tejas. And there you can actually see Prabhupada writing down his goals. And he has in their daily goals, weekly goals, and bigger overarching goals for, like he said, meet the Queen of England. It's right there in the, in the notebook. And so if one takes the time, first of all, to set up a, a system so that you catch everything, make sure you don't miss it, and just assume that you're going to think of it later, 
And if you take time to decide what, what you want, what your goals are, and to write them down, you're already starting to manifest them because everything comes from the subtle level and begins to manifest on a grosser and more, I would say, tangible level. Because the thoughts are in a seed form and the fruit comes as it manifests more externally. And so the next gross manifestation that helps to manifest the ideas and ambitions and goals that we have for performing devotional service comes when we actually write things down. So one exercise that is very helpful is to take a legal pad. And the reason I'm talking in terms of writing with a pen on paper is some research now shows that it's, um, there's a more, um, there's more connection to the brain and the mind. It's more visceral when you're writing it down. You get more of a sense that it's coming from you and it coming on the page and more effective in that way. So if you take a legal pad, and the reason I like a legal pad is because it doesn't, um, it gives you a little more space to write. And it sort of says like, feel free to write as many things as you want rather than have a tiny little thing to write on. I just carry this one in my pocket because it's hard to fit a legal pad in here. <laughs> Although maybe I could have this fitted down at Louis Bazaar. <laughs> but if you take, take some time to sit down by yourself and cut off all kinds of distractions, at least for an hour or two, and just take a pen and start writing down all the things that you'd like to get done. What are the ways, what are the goals you have in devotional service? Let it uh, percolate in your mind and let it come up and write it down. And you'll find that after a few minutes of staring at a blank page and thinking, I can't think of anything, I don't want anything. Uh, I don't know what I want. Suddenly things will pop up. Super Soul will remind you. You thought of this before, here it is. Why don't you write it down? And as you start writing, then you'll find that the mind then can grasp the, the goal and start thinking about ways in which to accomplish it. This is the miracle of the human mind. And as, as soon as you identify a goal, then you'll immediately, almost magically, start to conceive of ways that you can accomplish it. Your mind will start heading in that direction. And if you, if you write down, if you distill the things that you've written down into another page and you write down the, the main ideas that you're interested in achieving, you say, these ones, they're the most important to me. You prioritize. And this is one of the, the um, most important principles of getting things done is prioritization. Because the law of forced efficiency says that you never have time to do everything. But you always have time to do the most important thing. And this is the smartest way to use your time, and is to ask yourself this question again and again, what's the most efficient use of my time right now? Everyone say it. What's the most efficient use of my time right now? And I'm hoping that you don't walk out now. <laughs> so if you, if you ask yourself that question, and then you, you discern what are the most important goals I have, I can't possibly achieve everything, but I can achieve the most important things, and you write down what they are. And then you start thinking about how would I achieve it, and the next piece of advice is break the goals down into smaller parts. 
and find out what's the next step. What is the next tiny little step I can take towards this goal? And this is a progressive way of performing one's devotional practices. And you'll find that if you attend to the activities that you need to do right now, no matter how tiny they are, and you keep doing that over and over again, remembering that the point of power is always in the present moment, and you continually attend to those things that, that are most important that you've prioritized right now, you'll feel a sense of satisfaction instead of feeling overwhelmed. Because there's so many things to do, right? Yes. Say yes. yes. But we can't possibly do them all, and then therefore I feel, I feel overwhelmed. And I also start to feel that I'm incompetent, which isn't true. You're very competent. Uh, first of all, human beings are extremely competent in so many ways, and especially those who are living in the mode of goodness and upwards from there, that have so much potential. So now it's a matter of just cha uh, channeling that. So the, the, the rule for goal setting is in its most simplified form is decide what you want and write it down. What is the rule? Decide. Write it down. So if you write it down, then it starts to manifest and it says to your mind that this is important to me. And then your mind will start figuring out ways to get it done, to reach the goal. It's like, your mind's like a heat-seeking missile. It goes after the goal automatically. In fact, when you go to sleep at night, you'll notice your mind's dwelling on it and thinking, how can I achieve this goal? There are many other points of which to, uh, you know, how to remove obstacles by naming what the obstacles are, then thinking of creative ways to overcome them and so forth. But in the very basic form, it will be effective by writing your goals down. And, and then it helps if you keep that paper and make it visible. If you look at it regularly, your mind will be readjusted because there's a way in which we easily get distracted and pulled off in, another, in other directions. And if we keep bringing it back to what we want to do and what we want to accomplish, then we'll, we'll uh, stay on track. So there's a saying by Guy Kawasaki, who wrote the book, Part of the Start, that frame or be framed. So unless you frame the way you want your life to be and what your most important goals are in your life, then someone else will frame it for you. And you may not like it and you may feel dissatisfied. So you decide what your goals are, and you tell them, this is what I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna achieve. And you tell your mind, this is what we're gonna do, rather than many other ideas that the mind might come up with. And now we'll take a few reflections. Yes. Based on the writing down theory, it's, it's truly important because the, prior to my coming out here, I spent maybe four or five months writing my manifestations of coming to be within the Krishna conscious community. And so also by doing that, you help yourself. Each, each day I had a, a sort of goal to attain or let go of my material objects, and then also having a goal of what I would like to do when I came here, so developing programs and uh, working with children. So it's 
really wonderful to go back and see what you have accomplished by those notes, um, by those actions of your mind, and it's a really, it's, it's affirming. And, you know, you get to be, um, you get to see the point at which you've come to, and maybe not on your own terms, maybe sort of brought you in different ways to that place. And so he opens the doors as he wants you to see what your progression is within the spiritual community as well. So it's, um, I think it's a really wonderful affirmation for that. Thank you. And uh, that's a, a perfect example of how to utilize this kind of system to advance your spiritual ambitions because you had decided that you wanted to be part of the Krishna Conscious Movement. You wrote that down as a goal and then you made all kinds of um, determinations of how to achieve it and here you are. Proof, proof positive. Thank you very much. It was very helpful. Oh my goodness. Okay, so start back there. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, go ahead. I was just appreciating how um, in this verse it's talking about how time can kind of carry you away so quickly without even noticing. And um, sometimes one can find themselves like lamenting about how they've wasted so much time. Like, oh, these parts of my life I could have done X, Y, and Z so much better if I didn't. But then the, the conundrum is that sometimes you're wasting the present by <laughs> wasting all this time regretting how you're wasting time so that you're like, instead I could just actually be doing something right now and then make the best of what I have right now. Yeah. Humans tend to do that. But it's, it's uh, making the best use of whatever we have right now. Pro At the beginning of class, you were speaking about um, how rare an opportunity it is for human life. And, uh, and I was appreciating that. And then I was, I found myself thinking that, or I, and I noticed that often a justification comes up in my mind because one thing that I found, I do write a lot of things down. Even write like a kind of like a mock, not a mock schedule, but like kind of like a framework for like how I want to engage my day, and um, and then writing down like goals and, and to dos and things like that. And then I still find myself getting caught up in this kind of like just like zone out, apathetic kind of like wasting time, like half an hour here, half an hour there, and. Uh, I saw a justification in my mind is like, oh well, you know, human life is rare, but then it's also said if you take prashad and if you practice Krishna conscious, then you'll get a human birth again. So how do I snap myself out of this? Snap out of it. So there's a there's a uh, there's something that helps me. Like I have my one of my to-do notebooks in here. Yep, here it is. And when I um write in this regularly, I'll note the time that I, I'm starting something. For instance, um, here it was December 1st, 2019, Sunday, Denver, 12.55 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. I have one hour and 35 minutes. The more I, I'm specific about, like here's how much I have time right now between now and the end. There's a way in which if it's a more 
I just say, I have a period of time, then it's easier to waste it. But the more specific I am, like, okay, I have seven minutes till they pick me up. And now, what are the three things I could get, possibly get done in the next three, seven minutes? And I find for myself, I, I find it a welcome challenge. Because the mind needs something specific to go after. So the principle that I find works is make uh, smaller time goals. Uh, there's 30-day goals, which are really helpful because in a 30-day goal, you can um, accomplish a lot, but you still see the end of it. It's like, oh yeah, you could do anything for 30 days. Uh, possibly tolerate it because you know it's coming to an end, right? But then you can make a 10-day goal, a one-day goal, a one-hour goal. You can make five-minute or one-minute goals are really helpful for getting out of the mode of ignorance. Because the mind in the mode of ignorance says, I'm not doing anything. And that's all there is to it. Just don't bug me. And you say, how about just for one minute you do something? You pick up a sock or something, you know, off the ground. It's like, can you do that in one minute? Like, all right, maybe, you know. And then it's like, okay, go, one minute, that's all I ask of you. And, and sometimes uh, coaxing the mind too. For instance, when we do these monthly Sankirtan Festival introduction, a lot of people come and I can see how tentative they are. They go, I'll go to the training, but as soon as it's time to go out, my mom's going to call and need a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I got to go. I'm not, I'm not walking out the door and actually go out there. But if, if you make it really simple and you say, well, we're not going to do any book distribution, we're just going to touch the pavement, and then we're done. You make goals that are just uh, one step there. That don't uh, say, you know, I have to go all the way there. Just one thing in the right direction. And keeping momentum all the time to keep oneself out of the mode of ignorance. Because it's always like reaching up. It's like, gotcha, you know? And then like, okay, okay, you got me. But I'm going to just take one step this way, okay? One second. And you just move up there. And next thing you know, you can, you know, get into rajas. And then, you know, rajas with, tam with sattva. And you, and you can keep moving. And also, don't... Don't think that any system is going to make you impervious to uh, being grabbed by the lower modes of nature. The trick is how to break out of it. It's like in wrestling. Obviously, a good wrestler is going to grab you and get you in a hold. You just have to figure out how to get out of it and make reversals all the time. So these are little tricks to, you know, like, okay, I'm caught. Now how do I get out of it and keep coming out of it? Somehow or other, stay alive and keep it going. Yeah, that's true. It's, it, if uh, time favors those 
who have a clear idea of what they want to do with the time. Otherwise, it just eats up the clock. Who is next over here? Donna Kriya. Thank you. Yeah, I like that you referenced the purport where she talks about how people who don't have any clear sense of the goal feel very lost. And I'm just reflecting how even devotional service, if I get into the state of mind where I don't have a clear objective of what's next for me, what am I aiming for, then it's so easy for, for, for the mind to become complacent and just sort of uninspired and just really go through the motions. Yes, and Prabhupada said in, when he was teaching management to one of his uh, students, he said, you should always create a fresh challenge so that the devotees will want to rise up and meet it. So that's true when you're managing, a fresh challenge is always something, wow, that's what we're going to do next? Something interesting, because it, it, we're doing sadhana and we're repeating the same things we're doing every day, right? So it's easy to get complacent when you're doing ritual like that. So you have to think of ways to stimulate it. Just don't do Niyamagraha where I'm just like, we're doing it, we did it, we said it, what'd you say? I have no idea, but we did it anyway. <laughs> you know, mix it up. My father worked in repertory theater for a while, and he said that the producer used to, uh, the director, used to have the, uh, the actors come in off cue. Because in repertory theater, it means you're doing the same play over and over and over and over and over again. So after a while, actors, like, it's, it's just second nature, and they're not even thinking about what they're saying, they're just saying it. So he would, you know, instead of exit stage left, he'd tell it, now you go stage right. And the, the other person had to be ready, because somebody would come off cue or say a different line, and then they'd have to catch them. So good to, to stay aware that you're setting fresh challenges. Like within Mangalarti, you know, what's your goal to make it better? within your own practice of japa, how to make it great again. And, 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 and every aspect of our practice, we can always look at it and say, how to make it a little bit better than it was yesterday or last month or last year, otherwise we plateau. And when you're busy doing that, you'll find out that all of a sudden you look up and it's like, hey, I got old doing this. And the next thing you know, you're out the door. So, I mean, you know, it's a euphemism for for dying. <laughs> Who's next? Yes. Thank you. Um, I was appreciating the point that you were saying about that you can't do it's you can do some things, but you can't you can do the important things, but you can't do everything. Yeah. Um, and because you know the mind generally uh, gravitates towards passion or ignorance and passion, you say, I'm going to do everything or nothing. Yeah. And that's the you know, very common, I think, especially for Americans, we, we get into this, it's like it's all or nothing kind of mentality. And it's just much more realistic and empowering to just be like, okay, let's be realistic. Let's just do what we can. So I really appreciated that point. And I had a couple questions too, if that's okay. Yeah, you don't know what, you don't know what you have till it's gone, right? So Stephen Wright once said, uh, I gave away everything so that I could see what I had. <laughs> but uh, although it's a, it was a joke, it, you know, you can do that preemptively and say, uh, you know, like, what if everything was gone? What's the most important to me? And what do I, what do I actually have that's 
that's the most important that, that is intrinsic to my nature, that, that's always there with me. And don't worry about the things that are superfluous. Yeah, I have a couple questions and I have minus one minute. <laughs> We were carried away. Well, let me ask something pertinent to that point because uh, <laughs> the uh, so expert the Bhishma Dev he, he mentions in the, in the ninth chapter of the first canto that he he considers that the, the tribulations undergone by the Pandavas was due only to the course of time, and that that there is uh, seems it, it, it indicates in that chapter that even the devotees devotees are still subjugated in the course of time. And um, at the same time, we also it also appears from the pastime of Ambarish Maharaj and Vasa Muni, where um, Ambarish Maharaj was not threatened by the Sudarshan Chakra as Vasa Muni was being a non-devotee. Um, because, because of his connection to Krishna, he was actually able to stop the Sudarshan Chakra, which is the represent which is representative of time, if I'm not misunderstanding. Maybe I'm extrapolating too much, but the basic question is, can a devotee, is the devotee subjected to time or not? Krishna is our friend. Actually, he's the friend of every living entity. And especially for the devotees who are eager to make advancement, Krishna is looking for ways to give the devotees advantages. And sometimes, in the time factor, he, favor, he favors the devotees one way or another through the time factor. Some by showing how they're impervious to time, by having the Sudarshan Chakra, actually in that section of Ambarish Maharaj, it said that the Sudarshan Chakra is always there with each devotee, protecting him or her. And then the time factor works for the devotees as an example of Prichit Maharaj, whose time came up rather quickly through the curse of Shringi, who said, you know, seven days, that's all you've got. And Maharaj Prichit said, what a blessing to have that. He said, my mind was all over the place. I, I never would have got out of this material world if, if it hadn't been for this benediction curse that I got from Shringi, this little punk down by the river who just whimsically cursed me. But that's Krishna, he said, because he saw the time factor and he said, now I can really focus. And boy, did he ever focus. Otherwise, where would we have got the Srimad Bhagavatam from if, if that hadn't happened? So the Krishna's helping the devotee through the time factor, and he does it in whatever way is best for the devotee. But we should try to realize that he's always there as our ally and, and try to invest ourselves as much as possible as per the advice of, of Rupa Goswami, Tanam Rupa Charitari Sukirtananu Smrityo Kramena Rasanamanasinio Jatishtam Vrajaitananu Ragijananu Gami Kalam Nayet, there it is, Kalam Nayet, Akilam Itu Padesha Sadam. Use time so that, organize your life so that you're always staying in Krishna consciousness one way or another. And one of the best mantras for that is always keep the transcendental vibration going one way or another. You may have tubes sticking out of your, your ears and nose and mouth and everything like that, but still, that doesn't mean you can't keep the vibration going. Figure out one way or another to make that happen. Okay, oh yes, of course, Mother Nidra. Thank you, Prabhu. I was just thinking of the example of the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita uh, marathon, and how at first when they were thinking of Prabhupada's goals, they thought impossible. 
And then, um, when they realized that this is the instruction of the Guru, uh, then they got into that mindset of, okay, so how to accomplish these goals? And Krishna, as time, certainly helped them to do what they never thought they could do in two months, you know. So you know, Krishna made those two months um, available to them in such a way that they could achieve that goal because they took shelter, okay, we have to do this, Prabhupada says. Yeah, it's such a good point, Mother Nidra. Thank you for bringing that. The law of force efficiency. Also, if you have a point in time that is forcing you to get efficient all of a sudden. And I saw a bumper sticker once that I could really relate to that said, if it wasn't for the last minute, oh yeah, by the way, thanks for the bumper stickers. Was it you or Gabe who sent them to me? You did? Oh, those are cool, but I never thanked you. Sharks don't merge. <laughs> Ignorance is awkward. Uh, the, the bumper sticker I saw that impressed me was, if, if it wasn't for the last minute, I wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> and uh, have you ever noticed that when you're going away on a trip, suddenly you get really efficient and you get bold calling back those people you, you didn't want to call back? And you say, hi, Bob. Yeah, listen, the deal's off. Because <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> So to remember, we got to go. And also, if, if you take the order of the spiritual master and just say one way or another we're going to do it, then Krishna will reveal all kinds of ways and get it, to get it done. And uh, don't worry about getting everything done. Just do the best you can with what you have right now. And, do, and that's enough. Because it's never going to be perfect, but at least if we keep moving in the right direction, then Krishna will help us.